The following presentation was recorded live at the River Worship Center in Warsaw, Indiana. We now join the message already in progress. How many of you know that we're getting to an age, we're getting to a point where believers oftentimes cannot endure sound doctrine? And whenever someone quotes the verse or quotes a word or quotes a passage in the scripture, our, our hearts should rejoice because that is the word which became flesh and dwelt among us. Amen? amen? So whenever we hear the word of God, we should cheer, we should say amen, we should salute the, uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen? amen. And how many, of us, how many of us fall short? Sometimes somebody will see a verse, will hear a verse, somebody will quote something, you know, like John 3.16 or whatever, we'll hear it, we'll hear it being quoted, and the next thing you know, we're like, mm, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with that. That's, that's become old hat, and, uh, and so we're going we're gonna to go ahead and, and pause and drop because we've lost our audio. Just, just bring it on back. Just bring it on. It won't bother me. Think nothing about it, Peachy. I don't. So I got a minute and a half to take off the. Uh... Okay. I won't. I'll be fine. All right, so we're back at it again. Sorry about that. We're having some technical difficulties. We're trying to we're trying to fix that. For those of you watching it on on online, um, um, we're uh, we're it's giving us fits, and uh, so we're going to try to. And if this uh, if this doesn't work and we go away, um, um, hopefully it's not the rapture and you missed it. Um, but if it is, you you you, you could be here, right? You know. Um, you know, you, maybe maybe the memory verse for the next week is should be he, Hebrews ten twenty five, uh, because a lot of people aren't doing that. A lot of people aren't following the word. You know, I, heard, I saw something. I saw something, and I gosh, I thought, well, I wish I could take credit for it. Somebody put on Facebook. You know, how can you expect to spend for Andy in God's house when you can't expect to spend an hour with him w during the week? That makes sense, doesn't it? You know. Somebody might be fooling themselves. But anyway, so we're trying to work out these technical difficulties. So back on, back on the thing. Sunday was not, uh, was not a, a hellfire and brimstone, but there was meat there. And every time that we hear the word of God, we should applaud because that's to us. Whenever you hear the word of God, the Lord knew that you were going to be in that moment at that time to see that verse or that word, and that's for you. And there's something in it when we see it on a bumper sticker, billboard, wherever. There's something in that for us that we need to see, that we need to get. And so what we got to do then is find out what it's there for and apply that word to our life because God sends us that word every day. Are you, are, are you here? God, it's not that God's not speaking. It's that we are not listening. Okay? And as we go... And we don't listen to God. How often do we quench the spirit of God, quench the voice of God in our hearts? 
until pretty soon we can't hear him anymore. Oh, there are a lot of people that are posting verses out there and saying amen and all this stuff, but they can't hear the voice of God anymore. That's a tragedy. To not be able to hear the one who said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So if he will never leave us and never forsake us, meaning he's standing right beside us or inside of us with the Holy Spirit, and we can't hear him, have our ears become dulled so that they cannot hear. Do you know we become accustomed to ignoring certain things I'm not, I'm not going to point anybody out, but oftentimes spouses tune out, filter out each other. Ever happen? Sometimes spouses are so used to be, you know, I, you know, I, I heard a guy, I heard a guy one time say they were in, they were in marriage counseling, right? And uh, she goes, well, he never talks to me anymore. And the guy, and the guy said, well, and I stopped talking about 10 years ago when, when she doesn't listen. And, and he goes, what? And the counselor looked at us and said, what do you mean? He goes, she doesn't listen. The counselor goes, well, you guys are here. Somebody had to listen. He goes, no, I was just going to bring her in here to have you prove to her that she doesn't listen anymore. <laughs> and she goes, well, that's not true. I do listen. I do. I do. And, 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 and so the, the, the counselor looked, at, looked across the table and he says, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a few questions and you, tell me, and, you, and you tell me what you think the problem is. And so he began to, he began to ask her, he goes, he, go, she goes, he goes, do you finish your husband's sentences? Well, yes. Okay, number one. We go, okay, that's, that's good. It means you're, you, you're communicating. Do you sometimes even think the same thing that your husband does? Well, Yes. Well, that's part of familiarity. That's, that's pretty good. And she goes, and as a matter of fact, sometimes he don't even have to start a sentence and I will tell him what he's going to say. How long ago did that start? About 10 years. So the husband said, see, I don't even need to talk. Do we do that to the Lord? I'm, I'm, we're, we're, we're putting together the newsletter. And in, and in, and in, and in the article in the newsletter, this, week, this month when it comes out, when it rolls out, we, we finally got our new copier back and going. And, and uh, when the newsletter finally comes out, you're going you're gonna to read a quote from our Sunday night classes. Do we read what we believe? Or do we believe what we read? Do we read to support our thesis? Do we get a thought in our head of the scriptures and we start reading that to the scriptures that support our thought. I mean, if we do that and we're and, and we're and we're dogmatic enough, I can you know we can take somebody over into the book of Proverbs and and and, and show them where the Bible says there is no God. And there are people who have become dogmatic and pragmatic and have made a doctrine out of there is no God. Heaven forbid, you know, they should include the whole verse. How many of you are aware that the Bible says there is no God? How many of you are aware of the entire verse? The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. 
So if I take it out of context, I can, use, I can twist the Scripture to mean whatever I want it to mean. How many of us know people that do that? How many of us know people that, that we know right now that, that, that they're, holding, they're holding on to a hurt, they're holding on to a grudge, they're holding on to a trespass, and it may have happened years ago, but they're saying, you know, the Bible says, they, you know, if they, if they ask, I'll forgive them. No, 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 the Bible, Peter, when, Peter, when Peter was talking to Jesus, and Jesus you know, was talking to him, he said, how many times shall I forgive my brother if he sins against me? And, and, and Peter hopped up and he says, Sims, Lord, I got it, seven times. And Jesus said, no. Seventy times seven. Seventy times seven. And then we start again tomorrow. Seventy times seven. And then we start again the next day. Seventy. You see, God keeps a running tally. 490 times in one day. If you did that, if you literally did that, if, if, if your ought and your anger is so, so stirred up and so pumped up against someone that you have to forgive them 490 times a day, that you know, you've got a bigger problem than just forgiveness. Because that's, right. that's not one of the fruits of the Spirit. All right, I'll just leave that there. So like I said, by, by the way, by the way, I, I probably should have warned you. you know, look, at, look at one another and say, this is different than Sunday. Are you ready? It doesn't matter if you're ready or not. It's coming. All right, so anyway, because it's on in the house of God tonight. Amen? I am so, I'm so glad for everyone that joined us, and hopefully uh, the audio is better and it's not dropping out tonight, and uh, we're going to work to fix that. We'll get that corrected for us. And so, but God bless you. Turn with me um, in, in your Bibles. Go over to Mark chapter 16. We're going to jump off from there, and, and we're going to begin in verse 14, and we're going to come in, and we're going to set the plow about three notches deeper than we did on Sunday because we got some place to go. Amen? Say, we've got some place to go in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to I start, while you guys are turning there, into Mark chapter 16. If you've got the right Bible, it's on page 1502. And so uh, we, want to, uh, we want to start there, but I wanted to give you, a lot of people said, a lot of people say, and I get this all the time, well, I would do this or I would say that. I would, you know, the Lord's wanting me to speak to this person, speak to that person, but I'm afraid I'll make a mistake. I'm afraid I'll say the wrong thing. I'm afraid I'm a, if the Lord's wanting you to do it, you better obey. Because your Bible says that we're not to take any thought what we're supposed to say. In, in, in Luke 12, verse, verse 11, it says, Now when they bring you into the synagogues, or the church house, right? And the magistrates and authorities do not worry about how, somebody say how, or what you should answer. If I'm not worried about how or what, I should answer, or what I should say, then verse number 12 gives us the, the reason. How many of you know Jesus never makes a statement like that without giving us a reason? For the Holy Ghost will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. That very hour. That very hour is a present tense. It means that the Holy Spirit will teach you what you are supposed to say now, right now, don't go home and think about it and try to come back the next day because the, because the kiros or the window of opportunity will have passed 
and we will have quenched the Spirit. Can't do it. In that very hour. So, whether we have gifts that we're wanting to operate in, the, 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 Lord's, the Lord's dealt a bunch of, uh, a bunch of gifts into, into the church recently. How many, how, many of you, how many of you are stepping into what we got into last Wednesday night? Isn't that awesome? Now, now just, remind, just remind you, you know, uh, um, um, higher levels, bigger devils. Okay? So the devil, the devil didn't like that one bit. He would be content if we would just, you know, sit over in the seat, sit there and say, you know what, that's fine for Elder Luke back there, but as for me and my house, we're going to shut our mouths. I wish I could agree with that. I wish somebody said no in the, in the, in the, in, in the congregation. I wish I could agree with that. But the amen part of that is it's more true than not. It's more oh my than amen because we are. The Lord is trying to reach this world. He's trying to reach this nation. He's trying to reach... He's trying to reach our lost. He's trying to reach our communities. He's trying to reach, but if we hold our peace, then how shall they hear? Remember, how, you know, did, you got, did you guys all fare well in the book of Esther? Coming, coming through the book of Esther. How'd you all like that? Did, did you like that? Anybody, anybody, anybody get what Mordecai was saying? Did anybody get the Mordecai call? You know, you know uh, if you don't want to, that's, that's, that's on you. And God will send somebody to complete the work, but, but, you know, who knows but whether you were born for such a time as this. Now, if God sends me to someone, and I refuse for whatever reason, do we have any examples? I'm trying to think. Do we have any examples of someone who refused God's call and God's direction in his life? Seems like it had to do something with the ship. Maybe a big storm. Maybe, maybe the, the sailors, the seasoned sailors, were afraid that they were going to sink. Um, and then God had to prepare a big fish, you know, because submarines hadn't been invented yet. Um, <laughs> you think the devil's tempt us is bad. You don't want to be swallowed up by a great fish and then get puked out, literally vomited out you know what? I heard an old preacher say this one time. He said, lost people make even a scavenger fish puke. <laughs> people, that are, people that are running from God, people that are disobedient, they'll make even a scavenger fish puke. Now, I know what scavenger fish are. I grew up, I grew up down around the Mississippi and Salamone Reservoir, you know, where they get the home of the 50-pound carp. You know, the home, the home of the channel cat. I, I, I know what scavenger fish are, and I know what they eat, right? But you find someone that's contrary to the will of God, and even a scavenger fish will puke them out. It'll give a scavenger fish indigestion. We don't want to do that. Amen? It's better to obey than sacrifice. And we can say that, can't we? In, when, in, when it's in a nice, sterile environment, we can say it's better to obey than to sacrifice. But when the rubber meets the road, are we going to believe what we read? Or are we going to read what we believe? I know it's better to obey than sacrifice, but, but I think the Lord was talking, you know, and not in this circumstance. 
I think that I think that we're in the shape that we're in because as as a body. Now there've been there've been pockets. I got I got to admit there've been pockets of people who've been on fire for God. There have been pockets of people who haven't who haven't stepped back off the firing line 1 inch. But I think by and large the body of Christ has sat down. They've sat down. I'm not going to go back in and re-preach the, the message with David and how the army of God had sat down. But if you saw the post tonight, the call is to stand. The call is to stand up. The call is to arise. The call is to awaken, O sleeper. We do not know. We do not know in the hour that the Lord will come for us. We don't know. No man knows the day or the hour. And before even the great catching away, we don't know when our last breath will be breathed. There is a counter. I used to have a, I, I still have a Jewish friend. He used to make this comment all the time. You know, man is only allotted so many breaths. Don't waste it on foolish things. I've heard guys try to cuss him out. I've heard guys try to cause a fight with him, and he'd just look at them and grin. I'm not going to waste my God-given precious breath on a foolish argument. And then my grandma used to say, never argue with a fool because the bystanders can't tell which one is which. All right. Are you all on page 1502? All right. 1502, Mark 16, 14. Now, you'll notice in your Bible that these, are, these verses are in red. Beginning in verse 15, right? They're in red. Right? That means that Jimmy Swaggart wrote them, right? Well, if you have the suppository Bible, it does. Expositor, expositors, I'm sorry. He likes to put his words right in red, right with Jesus. Yeah, it could be. It means they're Jesus' words. Amen? Do you think we ought to pay attention when Jesus says something? Do you, think, do you think that this great commissioning that Jesus is doing, do you think it's the great suggestion? The great option? See, part of what we got into in America is we like options. And if we don't get options, then I'm out of here, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got to... I don't want pickles on my Whopper, you know. It's, it's Burger King. I can have it my way. Well, no, you can't because they changed that too. It became such a hassle trying to please everybody, right? You know, if you try to please everybody, you end up pleasing nobody, right? So you only need to try to please one person, and that is Christ Jesus, amen? amen. All right, all right. Sorry for those of you um, Jimmy Swaggart people out there. I did not mean to be offensive other than the fact that if you look at his Bible, he puts his own words in there too. That's the only comment I was making about that. Okay, Um, Mark 16 and 14. This is the Great Commission, and, and he starts it with a rebuke. If Jesus were to appear to us right now, and he were to send us out like he did them, would he come at first with a rebuke? 
Or would he say, wow, y'all doing wonderful. Y'all doing everything that I asked you to do. You're doing it the first time. You're doing it the right, at the right time. You're, you're, okay. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. Do you realize that unbelief and hardness of heart are, are as prevalent now, probably more so, in the church, in the, in the supposed body of Christ, than they ever were. Unbelief and hardness of heart. And he rebuked it because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Well, I don't, you know, Peter, who can believe Peter? He's a fisherman. Every fisherman tells tells. Honestly, who can, believe, who can believe these guys? John, he loved you. Sure, he's going to say you're alive. You can think of every rational excuse that you want to think of, and they were trying to use it here because they did not believe. And whenever we find someone who is walking in unbelief, they'll first give you excuse, then they'll give you argument, and then they will split. They will leave. And they always leave mad. Bar none. Nobody ever gets mad at the preacher. Or nobody ever gets mad at the Word of God and, and, and leaves and says, you know what? I just can't come up to the Word of God, so I'm out of here. I just can't make myself come up to it, so I'm out of here. Nobody ever does that. When people, when people leave, they leave mad, and they try, to, they try to influence four or five other people to leave mad with them. Some, in the last days, will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. <laughs> They'll receive doctrines of demons and false doctrines. We have to understand. And he said to them, now here's the Great Commission. And I love how Mark does it because he does it short and sweet and to the point. Mark didn't mince a lot of words here. That's good for us because if we get a lot of words, people get lost, in the, get lost in, the, in the definitions and get lost in the reading. And so he says, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. End of story. You either believe, and, and remember, We've watered down the word believe in our English vernacular so much that we do not understand the truth of believing. We don't understand what it means. Aren't you glad for some good teaching that tells us what it means to believe? I mean, look at it. We talked about it on Sunday night in the class. You know, there is no one alive on earth today that believes in God more than Satan, and Satan is not going to get into heaven. He believes... But he's not going to go in. So there has to be something other than just saying, I know there is a God. You see, the type of belief we're talking about, God has to know 
you. And you can find that referenced in Matthew chapter 7. In the, in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7, he said, Depart from me to those who were in the church, to those who were doing all the things that they were supposed to be, you know, thought they were supposed to be doing. They were casting out devils in his name. And, and they were, and, you know, they were, he said, you know, they were with him wherever he was at. And, and he says, I, you know, I didn't know you. Know you. He didn't have an intimate relationship with you. Let me ask you something tonight, believers. Are you open for the fact that God may interrupt your life at any moment and send you on a quest or a call? Can God interrupt you? Does He have your permission to interrupt your life right now? You say, well, I'd have to think about it a little bit. You know what? When we surrendered our life for His, when we accepted in His life in exchange for our life, We'd already thought about it. The Apostle Paul said it like this. I'm not my own, for I have been bought with a price. That means wherever the Lord commands me, I will go. When he commands me, I will do it. Look around ourselves. At ourselves, not around. But look at ourselves. How many times has the Lord told us, to? I want you to go here, and I want you to speak here, and I want you to do this, and I want you to do that. And we said, no, Lord. We've got to get to the point as believers. Our community is dependent on us. Our family is dependent on us. Our nation is dependent on us. If we don't, who will? If not now, when? If we still, if we, if we don't think that Jesus is the answer, then we need to hang this up and we could be out setting up the deer blind tonight. And don't just, again, remember, Jesus said, these draw near to me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. There's, there has to be more than lip service. And what we're seeing a lot in the, in, in the world today, and the reason that, that, that Christendom is so, is so impotent in the world today is because there's no power in your words. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in His words. When we try to transfer that power from Him to us, when we go in and we go out and we say, you know, and we begin to take on the credit that He did, that for the things that He did, we become weak, we become impotent, we become as the seven sons of Sceva. But you know what happens? If I go out in the name of the Lord, and like, like we talked about last week with David, if I go out in the name of the Lord and He sent me and He's commissioned me, there is power in Jesus' name. There will be, there will be results. The reason that we're not seeing the results is we're a lot of times going out in our name and saying Lord bless my mess we don't want to do that I heard a preacher say one time that's naughty stop it verse number 17 and these signs will follow those who believe and I'm going to put this correctly believe not just a head knowledge, but one who has sold out for the Lord. In my name, they will cast out demons. Anybody ever had an encounter with a demon? 
I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but what did you do with him? Did he win? Did you win? Now again, this is rhetorical. Don't no show of hands. I remember one night when my children were young, we had a demon-possessed guy come into the church. It was not a spirit-filled church, but we had a demon-possessed guy come into the church. And, and all the, all the uh, uh, elders and deacons said, uh, hey, you got this, we're out of here. And left me alone with my two young children and a demoniac. What would you do? Would you be like a King Agrippa? You know, hey, listen, you know, I, I, know, I know you're in bondage and I know you're bound and, and I know that yeah, the Lord said, I got the power to break the chains of your life. He sent me, to, do, he sent me to, to, to free you if you're willing to be free. But hey, listen, some more convenient time. Let's get together. You know, Starbucks wasn't around back then. I forget what coffee place was. But, hey, we'll get, we'll get a cup of coffee at Hardee's, okay? You probably like it around midnight, right? What would you do? And there for an hour and a half. There for an hour and a half. The man manifested, help me, help me, help me, and then the, then the devil would manifest. Then the man would manifest, then the devil, for an hour and a half. And finally, oh, oh, at, at, the, at the probably hour, 15 minute mark, the, the, the man began to speak in his right mind. And I said, what do you want me to do for you? Do you want me? To free you of this thing. Because the Lord said, I've got the power. You say, well, that may have lost some people right there. No, 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 no. Jesus said all authority has been given to him by the Father. And he said that he gave that authority to us as his disciples. Well, that went out with the, the early disciples. That went out, oh, really? So you mean that for the last, for the last uh, um, um, 1,800 to, to 1,900 years, there has not been any disciples of Christ on this earth? I don't believe so. You are his disciples. We're called to go into the world making disciples, and if there's no disciples, then we failed. Why did he say in Mark 16... You know, he, he says, he follow those who believe in my name, not in JC's name, not in the church name, in my name, in Jesus name. In the name of Jesus, there's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. What do you think would happen in our community right now if we took God serious at his word and those who were bound by the demon of addiction started finding a place where they could get set free here, get clean maybe for the first time in years, if they could come in and that thing would be broken off of them and they could find the peace that they've been looking for either, either in their arm, in their veins, or in a bottle, or in a pill, if they could be set free from that, what do you think would happen in this community when people found out that there's still a God in heaven and there's people who are working and operating in this gifting that Jesus said, this place would not be able to hold all of the new believers. That's when Jesus began to add to the church 4,000 in one day and 5,000 in another. They weren't questioning who Jesus was and who this man was that was telling me that in my name they'll cast out devils. They weren't questioning, are you serious, Jesus? Well, gosh, Jesus, i got to make sure I'm hearing your voice. Even the Pharisees got that right. Does Beelzebub cast out Beelzebub by his own name? No. 
He's not going to tell you to cast them out. Matter of fact, he'd like to give them four or five more. The one guy had, they asked him what his name was, and he said, my name is Legion, for we are many. And you look up how, how many Legion is, and there could have been ten to 12,000 there in one guy. Well, demons don't exist anymore, though, right? Demons don't exist. There's no such thing. You're just, you're just, there's no such thing. Pastor, what are you talking about? Do you know, do you realize that the biggest success that the devil ever had, ever, since time began, was when he convinced people that he didn't exist? That was his greatest achievement. Because how will you fight against something you don't believe exists? How will you resist something that you don't believe exists? Wait, you won't. All right. Well, there's the devil issue. I I hope I've got a few religious folks still with me. But this next one's sure to seal your fate. I'll speak with new tongues. Amen. Don't send me nasty letters and emails. Jesus said it, not me. He's the boss, not me. And by the way, not you. And not any, any professor in any theological seminary. Jesus is the boss. He is Lord. I don't care how you interpret it. I don't care what you read into it. I don't care if you believe, if you read what you believe. We believe what we read. And Jesus said it, I believe it, and in my life it's settled. Amen? I I believe it, and and, and it's settled. You may not believe it, and you're going to be unsettled in not only this area in your life, but I guarantee you someone who can't receive the words of Jesus will not only be unsettled in this area, be uncomfortable with this one, they'll be uncomfortable in other areas too, and you get enough of those indiscretions in your life. It's like, it's like someone set up a big carnival tent, and our carnival tent represents our life. We get, and when you went to go to the fair or go to a show, they got, they got these big, you know, three-ring circuses or whatever, big, big top tents. And, and, and you know what? You, they've got ropes like every four feet around the perimeter of that thing. And, and you, you can take one rope off and not much is going to happen. Matter of fact, you can, you can take another rope off of that tent and not much is going to happen. You can take a dozen ropes off of that tent. And as long as there's no trouble, nothing's going to happen. But the minute a test or a trial comes, the minute the wind picks up, (coughs) the very minute that something comes into our lives, that tent's going to start to shake. And parts of it are going to start to fold. What we're seeing in the lives of believers today is that a lot of areas, a lot of area in their life is folded because the stakes and the ropes were removed. That's called doctrine. The doctrines stake us down 
so that we will be able to withstand. And they drive those huge stakes in. You know, I happened to notice at the fair a couple years ago. By the way, if you're in the fair, you know, it's true. You know it's true. But the very same guy that they had driving those tent stakes is the guy that you got to beat at that sledgehammer thing. And let me just tell you, he got a little practice. He can sink them tent stakes in about three, in about three whacks, you know. And I don't care who goes up against that guy. It's only going to go up to the wimp level. All right? Just, just so you know, that's, that won't cost you nothing, but it'll save you a little bit of money if you're trying to go to the, go to the duck pond if you want to win your girlfriend a, a, a stuffed animal. All right, so... Um, says they will take up serpents and we see the apostle paul in, in the in the proper example of it, we see the apostle paul when he was on, when he was shipwrecked he went to put some more wood on the fire and out come a serpent latched onto his hand and the and the, and the natives and, and the indigenous people said oh surely this man's a criminal because even though he escaped the tempest even though he escaped the sea justice will not permit him to live well the apostle paul looked and shook it into the fire and, and they watched him for some time and they realized that that wait a minute it did by no means harm him and and they said whoa whoa this man this man is not a, not a criminal they changed their mind it's about time for the world around us to start watching us and observing us and see what they see and see if it will change their mind i'm afraid that for a lot of folks today they're not changing anybody's mind they're actually solidifying solidifying and resolve their resolve to say if they're a christian i want nothing to do with it Lukewarm Christians are the biggest tool in the enemy's toolbox. And Jesus said when he comes back, he's going to puke them out. He's going to throw them up out of his mouth. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. (laughs) You wait till our lives are played back in heaven. You wait until our lives are played back. And you see the times that you drank stuff that would kill other people and you didn't even know. Uh, now, Brother Summerall used to talk about the stuff that he, that he, that he thought that they poisoned. I seen Brother Glenn over in Nigeria and, and Pat over in Nigeria and some of the stuff that they were eating, you know. Um, prayer and fasting is a good thing. <laughs> prayer and much fasting. You know. Bishop, I do. I love you. You know I do. <laughs> oh. And then this last one. This last one. This last one. Do we believe the Word of God? Amen. We got time for this. I mean, do we, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, they're busy lives. They're, they're running, they're running 90 miles an hour down a dead end street and, 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 and toward a concrete wall. Do we have time for the word of God? Again, Jesus's words, right? Still in red. Are we still in red? Yes. Okay. They will lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. Does anybody's Bible in here say might recover? Possible recover? Why aren't we seeing it? 
for the very same reason that we started this thing off is because of our unbelief. Have you not read? Have you not heard? To him who believes, the majority of things are possible. To him who believes, all things are possible. Do we believe? You say, well, I just don't know if I have that much faith. You don't have to have faith in You just have to have faith in the Lord. You say, well, I don't know that I got that much faith. What do you mean you don't got that much faith? You think you're going to heaven. Amen? And if you think you're going to heaven, how much faith does that take? If we're only going to compare apples to apples, then you believe to receive salvation, then you can believe Jesus' words. Because he's all or nothing. If he wasn't sincere and if it wasn't true, what he's saying here in Mark's gospel in the Great Commission, then none of it's true. And if none of it's true, we've all believed a lie and we are of most men, like the Apostle Paul said, most miserable. But I've got news for you. It's true. His word is true. God who cannot lie. And the reason that we judge God so harshly is because we want to bring God to our level and we know that we're capable of lying. We know that we're capable of bad advice. We know that we're capable of saying stuff that will not come true. And so we want to bring God Almighty down to our level and say, well, gosh, I can't trust Him because I know I can't trust me. Which is partly true. The heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? But we can trust God. When God could find no one else to swear by, remember, remember the Abrahamic covenant when it was set? He could find no one else, his equal, to, to, to join into the covenant with, so he swore by himself who cannot lie. That means it's an everlasting, enduring, unbreakable covenant. That's the kind of God that I serve. I don't know the kind of God that you serve. If it's a God of your own making, then I, I feel for you, but you've already violated the first and second commandment. The world and a lot of the church today has made for themselves an image of God that is only love, that's like a grandpa looking at his grandkids, which, which tonight I got to do for a while, and it was awesome. But God is not a grandfather. He is righteous. He is holy. He is faithful. He is true. Yes, amen. And His promises are yes and amen. Oh, my goodness. So then after the Lord had, spoke, had spoken to them, he, he was received up into heaven, and He sat down at the right hand of God. I'm going to repeat this one time, and then I'm going to move on, because we've got to get moving here. But how many times have we said, Lord, would you just do this? Lord, if you could do this, it'd be great. Lord, if you could, if you could just move this mountain. Where's Jesus at? When do we see Jesus standing? Over, over in Acts, around the, around the seventh chapter of the book of Acts. 
Now, if you need, if you're being stoned, he'll st- he's going to stand. But until then, he's saying, you do it. Remember what he told his disciples? They said, man, he said, these people are hungry. Send them away. Send them into the villages so they can buy stuff to eat. And Jesus said, I, I, you know, I, you give them something to eat. But, 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 you know, but, 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 but. Jesus said, you, 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 me, give them something to eat. And some of them looked right in their wallet and said, I ain't got enough money to go buy bread. Isn't it amazing where our minds go to the first time, the very first thing that our minds go to? One of the, one of the disciples said, well, there's not enough money to buy enough bread to feed all these people. What are we going to do? Now, unless you came from a, from a hillbilly family, which I did, Unless you came from a hillbilly family with a mama who knew stretch a meal for three into a meal for six, you probably have trouble with this scripture. Sister Abo, remember Pastor Burkhart used to say she could take a, a, a can of soup and, and, and make it a, a meal for 12 people. Unless, you, unless you've experienced that, then you're probably, you're probably wondering, what on earth, you know? Let me just tell you something. With God, all things are possible. Amen? Amen? How many of you still have your all things placards that, that, that over Luke make up? With God, not some things. With God, everything in His Word is true. That needs to be resolved first and foremost. If the Word of God says it, it's, it's resolved. Amen. And you know what? God doesn't need your approval. He doesn't need you to agree with Him. Right. Because having no other one to form a covenant with, He swore by His own self. He doesn't need our approval. We need His favor. We need His blessing. But God does not need our approval. He just needs our obedience. To obey is better than sacrifice. We want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm. And so he sat down and out preaching and out preaching every, and preached everywhere. And the Lord was working with them. Does your Bible say with them? So if we're not following his commands, is he going to work with us? If we're not following what the Lord says... Is he obligated to, to help us? If we're not doing his commandments, if we're, if we're questioning everything that he does, everything that he says, do we truly have faith or have we got to the point where we can trust him and we know his voice, we recognize his voice? Remember what Jesus said? I'm the good shepherd and my sheep hear my voice. And they, another they will not follow, but they will do what I say. They will lead me, I'll lead them out to pasture and I'll lead them back in. I don't have to yell at them, Jesus said. They know my voice. How do sheep get to hear and understand and recognize the, the shepherd's voice? I don't know. I don't know if you've seen that seen that video, but uh, some some tourists. I think it was over in Switzerland or somewhere, and and, and they were and, and the and the guy they had a sheep farm there, 
And all the sheep were on the far side of the pasture, over by the base of the hill. And so the, and, and, and so the, 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 the shepherd had, had arranged the, you know, the tours, you know, hey, if you can get the sheep to come over, you know, I, I'll give you, it was like a wager or something, I'll give you, you know, 20 bucks or whatever. I'm not sure they not. And people lined up all day long. Every bus that stopped, every tour group that stopped, they, they lined up all day long. And they're like, hey, hey, over here, hey, sheep, 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 you know. Some sheep just looked at him and like, he's winning again. <laughs> and sheep, sheep are strange. They just looked at him like, huh. That one's got a weird hat. <laughs> Bad. So in order to prove the point, the shepherd gets up and he steps up to the fence. And he does that familiar call. Sheep, 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 whatever he does, right? And the next thing you know, now, 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 I love this. If you, if you see the video, go get it. But the young ones are like looking at the older ones. And the old ones, when they hear the shepherd, they turn and they start coming in. Do you see yourself yet? The old ones, when they know it's the shepherd and they recognize his voice, the closer they get to him, the faster they run. Just check it out. They recognized the shepherd's voice. And immediately they turned and beckoned to his call. They heeded his call. The younger ones are like, whoa, this must be good. Do you realize that that is the picture of the church? Church, if you're here today and you're, and, and you're a seasoned, seasoned believer in Christ, when you hear his voice, you are not to, you are not to doubt, you are not to wait, you are, you are to turn and face the shepherd. And, and, and when he beckons, you start moving toward him. And when you start moving toward him, those behind you are going to say, they must be something good in store up there at the fence. I'm going with them. I don't, I'm not sure if we're supposed to or not, but they're going and I'm going. And you know what happens? Before you know it, the, 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 your entire family's following. And before you know that, the, the, the extended family's in. And before you know that, the rest of the county's in. And before you know that, our, 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 our community is saved and serving Jesus. And now we're all beginning to hear his voice based on the reaction of the older ones in, in the congregation. Amen. And the Lord working with them, confirming the word through the accompanying signs. And then there's a strange word right there on the end of that. A strange word. Meaning so be it, or let it be so. Let it be so. Are you ready? Do you think that, do you think that the world needs Jesus? What are we waiting on? What are we waiting on? Jesus, go. I want you to save my children. And Jesus said, I sent you. Let's get the, let's get the, let's, let's, let's get the hierarchy right. 
We don't command Jesus. He commands us. And if we're obedient, then he will bless and honor the word. The reason that we're not seeing the works that they saw is because we're not obedient. Delayed obedience is disobedience. When we hear his voice, don't harden our heart. And that goes to believers. A lot of times believers will hear him speak and they'll say, well, I just don't know. I just, Lord, you know, I've been praying for my neighbor. Isn't that enough, Lord? And the Lord says, no, I want you to go talk to the man. Well, Lord, can't you send Luke? I mean, Luke, like, you know, Luke will give him a million dollar bill and ask him if he, can't you just, I'll get Luke over to my house and, and, and Luke will, and I'll tell him, you know, the Lord's been working on my neighbor and Luke will take him a million dollar bill. And if he accepts the Lord through Luke and Luke's sacrifice, then would I be sealed in disobedience? Do we remember Esther? If you don't, Esther, then somebody will. I'm sure the Lord will send somebody. But who knows whether you were born for such a time as this. Amen? Anybody remember today's reading? I, it caught me. It caught me. It caught me in, in, a, in a good way. In today's reading, I wrote it down at home. I, I might have to save it and come back to it. But remember, they're building the temple. They're rebuilding the temple, right? And they got into, they got into the land of oh no. Are you, are you with me? You see, you know where the church is at today? We're in the land of, oh, no. We're in the land of, oh, no. What's coming down next? Oh, no. The king wrote us a letter. Oh, no. We're, and finally, what did Nehemiah say? He said, if you have to trowel with one hand and hold the sword with the other, this temple will be rebuilt. Amen. We, if we have to do, if we have to stand defense and we have to stand in the gap. Did anybody get that? You have to stand in the gap. Then we're going to stand in the gap. But God's kingdom will be advanced. Amen. And we heard that from time and time again. It's time for the church to stand up. It's time for the church to arise. Rise. Go ahead and turn with me to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, verse 1, page 1629, if it helps. Now, beginning in verse 1, now, when? You sure? When? I got another one. Help me out. Am I taking too long? When? All right, thanks. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask for alms of those who entered into the temple. Now, from those of us who have read our, and done our, our Bible study in the Old Testament, why, why did they lay him at the gate of the temple? 
Huh? For those of us who studied the Old Testament, why did they lay him at the gate of the temple? That's right. He could not go in. He was excluded from the Lord's house. He could hear the worship. He could smell the, the offerings, the, the sacrifice. He could, he could hear and see peeking around the corner. He could see the jubilation that was happening in God's house. But he could not partake because he was disqualified. <laughs> so many people in the church today are living like they're disqualified, living with their privilege, living beneath their call as a son or daughter of the Lord. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on, the, on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. After all these years together... Oh, no, he didn't say that. That's Vince Gill. Um, Peter said, look at us! Look at us! Why is that important? Why is it important that the one apostle who denied him three times said, look at us? Why is it important that the apostle whom Jesus loved said, look at us? Because if we're not careful, the people that we're trying to minister to will give ear to us and their eyes will be somewhere else. The reason we're not ministering effectively a lot of times is because we don't go out in the authority of God's Word and say, look at us. It's important. Peter, who had been restored... John, who Jesus looked at from the cross and said, Woman, behold your son, and son, behold your mother. These men had been with Jesus. Do you think that there was something about them that people could recognize that they had been with Jesus? Absolutely. When you get people to focus on you and you're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit moving through you and working upon you and resting on you, you can say, look, there's nothing in these hands that can help you. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give you. And you can say, as they did, rise and walk. Verse number five says, so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Do you see that? He gave them his attention. Would to God that people in church would do that. 
expecting to receive something. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many of you came tonight expecting to receive something from the Lord? How many of you online are expecting to receive something from the Lord? If you don't come with an expectation, you will walk away with exactly what you expected. Nothing. So he gave them his attention, expecting. When you give somebody your attention, you, you can expect that you're going to receive something, amen? When you come to the house of the Lord and you give the Lord or, or his man or woman your attention, then you can expect to receive something, amen? When you come to the house of the Lord half-heartedly and you come in here thinking, oh, great, I just can't wait till we get out of here. Got a, got a, got a table, you know, set up and reserved down at the, down at the steakhouse. I got, I got to beat that. We got to hope, hope the pastor don't go long today so we can, so we can beat the Presbyterians down there, you know, and when you come in expecting anything or nothing, you will receive anything or nothing. Amen. You, you will get exactly what you expect. Whatever your attention's on, that's where you'll go. Did anybody else's dad teach them how to drive? Did, dad, did your dad tell you what my dad told me? Look right over the end of the car. Don't look right over the hood. You look down the road a piece. You look down the road a car length or two. Because if you don't, you, you'll, you'll have short-sightedness and you'll be swerving all over the road. You're, you're liable to hit something. Your focus needs to be down the road. And then, and then my dad taught me this wonderful thing. He said, now put your eyes, and he, he picked out an object in the distance. And he said, put your eyes right there. And over on the passenger seat, he did this. And he goes, what do you see? And I said, well, you're holding up four fingers. He goes, what are you looking at? And I said, I'm looking at that. He goes, how do you see that? And he goes, it's a wonderful gift that God put in us in our vision called peripheral vision. Too many people are what's worried about what's going on beside them that they're missing the object down the road. And we need to stay straight ahead. We need to not look to the right or to the left. God will take care of what's there, amen? He put something inside of us. Us, that's going to take care of our side. Amen. amen. We got to keep our attention on the prize, the mark, the high calling. Verse number six, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. Why aren't people believing? Believers aren't given what they have. <laughs> Again, you can read what you believe or you can believe what you read. The Apostle Peter said, we're not rich and you're not going to get money out of us today. Right? You know, we've had some, we've had some people wanting us to put them, you know, not, not, not in the last month or two, so, but, but this year. Had some people say, "Hey, we're you know we're destitute. We're, we're we we need uh, we're we're homeless and we got kicked out of the shelter." Now I know what it takes to get kicked out the shelter. All right, you know. But 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 if you don't if you don't put us up in a hotel, we're going to be on the street. Would have loved to have helped you before you got this far. But there's only so much we can do. Silver and gold, we, we don't have. Sorry. Sorry. If they would just stick around a little bit beyond that, Pastor, we could say, 
But such as I have, I give you. Christian, are you saying that today? You say, well, I don't have the money to do this. I don't have the money to do that. I don't have the money to do this. Well, neither did Peter and John, did they? But, but such as they had, they gave them, they gave to this man. And, 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 and in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, they, they, they said, your pockets be filled. No. They said, well, order Jimmy John's, put it on our card. No. We'll get you a new bed. Your cot's looking kind of raggedy. (laughs) Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him, and immediately his feet and ankle bones gained strength. And he, so he, leaping... stood, leaping up, stood and walked and entered into the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. That's a remarkable thing. I don't know if you caught it. My granddaughter, six months old. Still learning to walk. Hadn't got got that balance thing down right. me what was the big miracle here the fact that he could walk that strength came into his ankle bones or the fact that for the very first time he jumped and leaped and walked and went leaping into the temple who taught the man to walk Well, pastor, I just don't know. I want to believe that, but nobody's taught me. I want to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but nobody's taught me. I want to do this, and I, but nobody, I haven't had really good teaching. Did he? Who taught him to walk? Who taught him to leap? Well, if I do, I want, I want it to be quiet. I don't want nobody to know. People might think I'm strange, Pastor. If, I, if, if the Lord tells me to give a message in tongues, they might think I'm strange. <laughs> oh, they ain't looking. Our past performance and our past, and our past history have got them where they're not watching us. You let something of God overshadow you and take over your life. Here is the man who daily they walked by who was, who was, who was disqualified from going in to the, in, into the temple. He was disqualified because of his, his infirmity. And, and, and here he was. He had been, he had been there since his mother, from his mother's womb. And now all of a sudden... All of a sudden, 
See, that's why I said when we started this, when we, we started it out, when? Verse 1, when? Yeah. When are we going to get this, believers? When are we going to get it? Ah. Verse number 8 again. He, so he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them. For the first time, Jesus made something that was disqualified, something that was unclean. He made it clean in his name. And the man was allowed to go into the presence of the Lord. Is somebody here tonight? When Jesus cleans you up, and when Jesus puts a call on your life, He qualifies you. You are no longer disqualified. You are no longer unclean. But you're now able to go into His presence as, as joyfully and as exuberantly as you want to. And some of us have been crippled in our spirit for years and it should be the time when the Lord frees us from that and those burdens are lifted that we want to leap up and run into his presence and saying here Lord here now Lord now yes Lord yes, yes amen. you suppose he care about who saw him You think that he had rich patrons that maybe put a few extra, a few extra coin in his, in, his, in his can, his cup? What would those rich people say? What would the, man, what would that rich guy say? Man, he takes care of me. He, he, some, some weeks he's the only one that puts a coin in my cup. What, what, what would he say to me? If he sees me leaping and jumping and praising God and entering the temple, what's that rich man going to say? See, that's the thought that crosses our mind. You know what thought crossed his mind? God, I'm free. No more, no more sitting down there. No more getting blisters on my backside. No more having to be laid there every day. No more indignity in, 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 in my life. I am free. I'm free to worship the Lord. I'm free to enter in. I'm free to come into His presence. I'm free by the name of Jesus. I'm free. Amen? And your Bible says that in, in verse number 9 that all the people saw Him walking and praising God. Now, a lot of people see us walking, don't they? Matter of fact, when, 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 when you come into a certain room, they'll say, oh, they're, well, be careful, they're religious. Be careful about that one. Well, get, no fun now. No fun now. Holy Joe's here. Do people see you praising God? A lot, of people, a lot of people see you putting condemnation or trying to put condemnation on them. You know, because we want to take our, our 30-pound Bibles and whoop them upside the head with it until they, until they confess Jesus and, you know, repeat the prayer. A lot of people look at our lives and they say, how miserable you look. I don't, I don't know what you're drinking, but I don't want none of that. Had a lady tell me 30-some years ago, <laughs> she said she was having trouble believing that I was a Christian but the Lord just blew her away when she found out that I was a minister and she goes I can't believe one that you even that you're even a Christian but two that you're a preacher and I said well, my dear how come 
And she goes, because you like to have too much fun. She goes, she goes, I used to go to church as a child and nobody had as much fun as you do and, 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 and even claimed to be a Christian. And I said, well, right there's your problem. Right there's your problem. Jesus said, I come that you might have joy and that your joy might be complete. And, and they were living with a, a, a hole in their joy pocket. They had a hole in the pouch where the joy came out, you know. And, and, and they may have got it on Sunday morning or Saturday night or whenever. But by the time they got to work and you got to see them, they done lost all the joy they ever had. As a matter of fact, do you know that most Christians, even if they have a, 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 a breeze of the Holy Ghost on Sunday morning, before they can get out the parking lot, somebody's already ticked them off enough that they've lost the joy. You know, that's, a, that's an amazing thing. Uh, this joy that the Lord has given us, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. And if the world did, boy, they would sure be taking it away right now, wouldn't they? This joy that I'm feeling right now, this joy that we're living in, this power and authority that we're walking in, the world didn't give it to me. And if the world didn't give it to me, then the world can't take it away. So nana nana boo boo. I think... I think what we need to do. I found a wire on my truck that wasn't connected. And whenever I would flip a certain switch, it was supposed to turn on a certain light. But the wire was broke. So when I turned on the switch, the light didn't come on. Now, the... Mr. Mr. Police Officer will see you passing him two or three times and, and he'll take notice that the, you know, the light's not coming on. Do you know that you're supposed to have a, a light back there? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 it's back there. It just sometimes it don't come on. Let's set, let's set Mr. Police Officer over here for right now. Believer? Do you know that your Bible says out of, out, of, out of your belly is supposed to flow rivers of living water? And when it talks about it, it talks about bubbling up, joy. Yeah, if you're happy in your heart, it's going to show up here. But that some of us have a wire disconnected. And, and the Holy Spirit is is tonight acting like the officer. And he's saying, he's saying if, if, you got, if you got that on and that wire's, the fuse may be blown, may, may, maybe we came out of a good service and, and, and you just smiled so much for the, for the last couple of weeks, maybe you just smiled too much and, 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 and maybe, maybe the fuse blown. Let's get a new fuse in you. Because a lot of people aren't spirit-filled and they can't tell what's going on in here. That's why we teach the kids back there, if you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. And if your face won't show it, at least clap your hands. <laughs> Do something, amen? Do something. How do you tell people that you're an ambassador for Christ? Back over to the police officer. Well, okay, as long as you know about it, Next time I see you, it better be working. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. It will be. First thing you did, get home, change that bulb out or whatever it was, the fuse, I think it was. 
And it wasn't one of those easy to get two fuses, you know. It was one of those that you have to stand on your head and hold your breath and, and on the 4th of July in a herd of elephants and wait till three zebras pass by and then grab it. You know, it was one of those. Uh, the combination fuse. Are we good ambassadors and good representatives for the Lord? If we're living in His joy and we're living the abundant life, does it show? Back 20 years ago. I'm sorry that they taught you that. But the fact of the matter is, is that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. How many of you have needed strength? recently the joy of the lord now if the lord allows himself to experience joy yeah, do i need to complete do you, are you getting it are you getting you, you, are you catching what i'm pitching if the lord allows himself to experience joy what hinders you Amen. Ephesians chapter six. You don't have to. You don't have to turn. I'm running out of time. Oh, I thought we were going to, like as Mike, Pastor Mike says, I thought we were going to come into land here. Hard. We're just going to touch and go because I don't think I don't I don't think we're done with this one. Ephesians chapter six, verse ten. Let me let me read and, and I want to I want to stop at verse fourteen. This is a very familiar passage here at the river because we teach the children about the full armor of God. Amen? Amen. What did we start out the last one with? Now. Now. Guess what? After we've learned those lessons, finally. Somebody say finally. Finally. Isn't it about time? Amen. Church, isn't it about time? Finally. You, 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 remember, you remember being on a trip and you, and, and you finally, finally make it home? Finally. Whoo. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to, be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against rulers of darkness. Of the darkness of this age and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Where are they at? Heavenly places. That's who we're warring against. If you can touch them, they ain't your enemy. We don't war against flesh and blood. Sorry if somebody got in between you and a demon but they're not your enemy. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand on kids get in free day. That you may be able to stand in the evil day having girded your waist with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. 
And above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. Say word of God. Now, here's what I like. We already know the armor, right? We know what the armor is. We know what the armor is all about. We know what we're, we know what we're going through. We know what we're going to be. We know who our enemy is. He's already identified before us, right? Verse number 18, and I'm going, to, I'm going to quit right here. Verse number 18. Praying always. How long? Always. When? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. When are we supposed to pray? Always. With what kind of prayer? All. Does that mean there's more than one kind? What did the Apostle Paul tell the church at Corinth? He said, I'll pray, with the, I'll pray with the understanding and I'll pray with the Holy Ghost. I'll pray with the Spirit. All prayer. We're supposed to be praying always with all prayer. Pray without ceasing. And if we pray without ceasing, then we're never out of contact with the Lord. Now, he's never out of contact with us, but if we're praying with him, then we're never... Have you ever been walking with someone and you've been talking with someone and they didn't hear you do? You turn and repeat yourself, don't you? Did you hear me? No, did you hear me? Right? Whenever you're talking with someone and, and, and you're walking and talking with them and they don't, and, they, and it's like they drop out of the conversation, what do you do? Uh, did, did you hear me? Has anybody ever done that with the Lord? Lord, did you hear me? You know, you can't do that unless you have a routine and, and, you, have, and you have a regular prayer life. You, you, can't, you won't know when the Lord didn't, didn't pay attention. You won't know when he's, when he's moved or isn't, 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 you know. He, and you can say, Lord, did you hear me? Lord, I'm facing a trial today. Lord, Lord are you there? Right? Lord, I'm going through some stuff. Lord, I need you today. Are you, are you here? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Lord, I need you today more than ever. Lord, I'm going, to, I'm going to pray always. I've got all my armor. I put on my armor. That's established. But Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to pray always with all prayer and supplication in, in the Spirit. My spirit is going to be yielded to you, Lord. My, my will and my way is going to be yielded to you. And you know what will happen? The victory will be yours then you too can say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. Amen? Are you ready, church? It's time for us to stand. It's time for us to stand. The church has been laying down too long. Our community is dependent on us. Our families are dependent on us. Our county is dependent on us. Our state is dependent on us. Our country is dependent on us. Let me encourage you to rise up 
like the lame man did when he realized that he was no longer bound by his disqualification. Amen? Amen? Those of you on the broadcast, come back and see us on Sunday. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you then. Heavenly Father, Lord. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us here at the river, you can email us at study at riverwc, all one word, dot org. Again, that's email to study at riverwc.org. God bless you.